0: everybody and welcome back to the core leadership podcast a voice to college men at the crossroads of faith and campus life today gabe's talking with dr tyler rogers an alumnus from the Pi chapter of bucks at the university of georgia tyler was a member of the bucks national staff and served in the u.s army before becoming a doctor he's coming on the podcast today to talk about mental health a topic that's extremely important to keep in mind when you're in a position of leadership i've really enjoyed listening into this conversation and i'm sure you will too as always, here's your host, Gabe McKinney. All
1: right, Tyler, you're officially on the core leadership podcast. Welcome brother.
2: Awesome. Thanks man. Happy to be here.
1: So Tyler, you and I don't know each other super well. We kind of got, you were a name on a list of possible core podcast recordings for a long time. And then recently Brian and Jason push it over the edge, set up a meeting. We got to meet each other. And so, um, I'm excited just to get to know you more and for you to share your life and some thoughts, um, around mental health today. So I guess even to kick it off, it's, it's, I guess this is kind of a setup, you know, friend setup here. Me and Tyler are on a setup date right now. For this podcast. perfect. But seriously, welcome. And yeah, I told you before the podcast started, I'm like, I think Tyler, you're kind of a boss. And he would shake his head and push away and say, no, but God's done some cool things with your life and excited to share it. So why don't you Start by taking us through maybe even like from college until now, just the quick journey, because I think story is really powerful to see how God's taken people through steps. Just share with that college to now what's happened? How have we gotten to where you are? And what are you doing now?
2: Cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. So I was at the University of Georgia in 2005. I was in the second plush class of BYX and got recruited by people like uh, Patrick Cousins and uh, Brian Bardash, you guys may know, and was. Super uh, excited to join the fraternity as a freshman, got to spend four years in in that group of men, which was just awesome. Uh, I was able to serve as president in uh, 2008 when we got uh, chartered. I don't even know if we still charter chapters anymore, but oh, yeah, back yeah, in the you. day, it was a big deal. And so I had an awesome experience at UGA. Left uh, Georgia, went to Fort Worth and worked for Bucks on the national staff back in the day when we were what were we, national advisors or mission advisors or something like that? Uh, something before they were leadership consultants. <laughs> something that I had to figure out how to change on my resume because <laughs> no one else would have. Met. But did that for a year. Uh, spent uh, a year working with five or six different chapters, which was was great. Um, while I was in Texas, I joined the army, commissioned at Sky Ranch. Uh, while I was working in the summertime. And uh, then left Texas, went back to Georgia to Mercer University and started medical school there. And was there for four years. Met my wife there, which was strategically uh, accomplished. And
1: uh, so I got a quick hallelujah (laughs) prayer. Yes,
2: Yes. so I got my uh, Megan is. uh, We met our first year in med school and uh, dated for a long time, and uh, got married later in residency. But after med school, went on to my residency training in family medicine at Fort Gordon, Georgia, and got married, uh, and then after, spent two years there after I graduated residency, and then we went up to Tacoma, Washington, to Fort Lewis, uh, where I uh, did a my MBA and a fellowship in leadership and faculty development, which basically just means I learned how to teach grownups, which was kind of fun. When we first got there, we had our first son, Cohen, who's uh, two and a half, and then right before we left, we had our second son, Briggs, who's now six months old, so we just recently, in the last couple of months, have moved to Fort Benning, Georgia. So back in, back in the Georgia area in Columbus, I work for the family medicine residency program there at Fort Benning, teaching residents. So for those of you who follow medical shows on TV, like I'm, I do like, kind of like the nice version of Dr. House, you know, the residents come and tell me what they're doing. I tell them if it makes sense or not, you know, or I'm the not as attractive version of Mac dreamy or Mac steamy, <laughs> depending on you what your, whatever, <laughs>
0: whatever you're,
2: whatever you're so. watching. Whatever you're watching. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So Thanks. I I love it. I love you span so many like categories and we try to put these certain boxes of like, well, this guy went and served here and this guy did ministry or full time and it's like, Hey, I was at Sky Ranch. I commissioned to the military and then now I'm a doctor. And so it's just cool to even hear your journey and to think, and maybe talk more about how you navigated calling and navigated, like doing all this different stuff. It feels like you've done something that like five men should do, and you've done it in one. So I don't even know, is there a quick word on just how you even navigated all that and you followed, you know, step to step. It felt like it feels like a chaotic journey, but to you, it's been God weaving together your story.
2: Yeah, I think exactly that. Right. So God's just starting my steps one, one stage of life at a time. And so as you live in stages of life, you kind of look forward to the next stage, but I tried really hard to be intentional about the, the stage of life that I'm living in, and I think by doing so, God's kind of opened up doors that had I planned super far in advance, I may have shut those those opportunities off. But because I try to live like in this stage of life mostly, uh it you no know, new doors open up and I'm like, oh okay, I guess I can take that door because, you know, that wasn't something I was planning on necessarily, but it, it God just gave me those opportunities. And so being able to follow those has been awesome. And he's just man, he just blessed me every single step of the way. And it's just you can see and the and that peace that you get when you make a decision to follow God's calling on your life is uh evident in in every single one of those stages. So
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a fun picture or story lesson around like following Jesus is like, I heard another guy named Jared Musgrove who's on, who serves on Buck's board. He said it's tornadic. It's like a tornado and it is crazy and wild, but one of the most exciting, incredible things. So like following Jesus throughout your life, not just call us rest of your life. It's incredible and fun. It gets better. So it's funny. I'm excited to share some of that today. So Dr. Tyler Rogers, Well, we, we we're talking to kind of like men and leaders. And I think one of the biggest things, like biggest commandment to leaders and people is love your Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the thing we're talking about is mind and mental health today and the power. And just like I've read the book, live no lies by Mark John, Mark Comer recently about the power of ideas and we've all felt the shared Sure, like trauma and experience of COVID and people have different varying effects on their mental health and experience of anxiety and depression. So I think it's just a thing our leaders face personally. It's things leaders are facing with the people they lead and care for. And Tyler, you are a person who cares for people's wholeness and health. So I don't even know where to even start, but just like, what do we even say when we say mental health, is there a way you even define it or which, how you look at mental health and where it fits into a person's wholeness and health, like even where would you start with this conversation?
2: Yeah, that's the hard part, right? So mental health just expands so much of our lives. And if you asked 100 different people, or even 100 different doctors, or even more specific, if you ask 100 different psychiatrists, which I'm not a psychiatrist, disclaimer <laughs> just, just uh, there. But um, yeah, if you asked 100 different psychiatrists, how to define they'd have 100 different answers, because it's just so encompassing. But I think if you just break it down, it's that cognitive and behavioral and just emotional well-being. Like how am I thinking, how am I behaving and how how am I feeling and what, what changes those things? I think my biggest thing that I try to tell patients all the time and and people that I lead is that, you know, mental health is, um, you know, people are always like, it's in your head. It is, it is actually literally in your head. It is your brain. It's like a biological process, right? So sparing a on neurotransmitters and neural pathways like it is like a biological process right and so it's all of the shame and the uh, stigma that come along with it, it i try to communicate to people like hey this is this is biology this is just your body's reaction to whatever it is that life is giving you and so i think that there's a lot there just kind of accepting that and said okay well however biology works for me let's let, let me learn how i can address that through a bunch of different things we can talk about a little bit later but i think in, in terms of defining it it's just really hard it's really hard to define it but the biggest thing i would say is if you're learning about mental health or if you're looking for how to understand it better it's like it is a it is a science it's a biological process but it's also a spiritual process right and mm-hmm. so the spiritual the, the enemy works by using the these these things to bring us down and to make us less effective uh at kingdom building and at uh loving on people just like you were saying earlier so it's Mm -hmm. hard to define but i think that's that's kind of where i would like kind of start if i was you know just trying to define that for you
1: yeah if so i'm hearing it's i love you so it's bio biological and spiritual i'm curious to know is from your experience and study is there a way to divide that at all or percentage wise or like for me you know like hey gabe versus tyler we have probably different biological wirings that could lead us into dealing with our mental health more carrying more mental health potential issue or struggle. Yeah. I'm curious, is there even any way to put a percentage or just to, or is it just, you know, it's honestly depends on person and it's kind of this muddy mixture. I think it's a, uh, it's a big,
2: it's a big muddy mixture. What I do believe is that God created us perfect because we're made in his image. Right. And so he creates us exactly the way we're like, where he wants us to be created. And so whatever those biological pathways are for you and for me, they may be different, but like, they're exactly what God needed for us to have. And so you may be someone who's at a higher risk of having mental health issues because of your biological makeup, but at the end of the day, like God made you that way. And so then you, you, the spiritual part of it is just like, Hey, we're going to trust that if God gave me this biological makeup, he's also gonna give me the tools, the community, the people and the mentorship or whatever it is to, to make, to use those biological makeups to build his kingdom. So it's, you know, Cause people who are more at risk for mental health are also people who have a higher capacity for compassion. Right. So it's like, Mm. and that's like, we know, we know that. Right. And so it's like, some people look at it as a, um, a cross to carry, but I think that God gave it, God gives us these different, um, biological pathways so that we can work our spiritual life to, to build his kingdom. And he needs every single one of us exactly where we are, but healthy. So that's the, that's the key is right. So it's like, if you're not healthy, then you can't, God can't God. the enemy can stop you from being effective.
1: Mm. Well, ton, that makes you, sense. You, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Is there anything you can share even personally, what you've seen or dealing with that puts mental health into categories like, you know, there's probably there's anxiety and anxiety disorders here. Then there's depression. Even like some of the stories you've seen or things or ways. Yeah. Why is, why is mental health important to leaders and college men? Why should we be talking about it? And what have you, what are you seeing? So it turns of, I think that. We in medicine, we
2: put this stuff in categories because it's easier to deal with that way in terms of like, it's easier to figure out what treatment I should prescribe or if I can put it into category. But in all reality, it's just a spectrum, right? Everyone lives on it. So there's, there's a spectrum of depression and anxiety and and every single human lives on it. But there's, there's humans that live on that spectrum that can cope and that have defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms and support that do fine with it. And there's ones who don't, right? And so how we respond to where we are on that spectrum is different based on a lot of different things. But I think that the categories are a little, um, superficial because at the end of the day, like my experience has been like, people are, are just on the spectrum. And so like, my job is to figure out where are you on that spectrum. And if you're not happy where you are on that spectrum, how do I get you to a different, a different place. But in terms of you asked about leadership. So I think mental health and leadership, there's two, two different ways to look at it. You have to look at the leader, so like you were saying earlier, I love I love that you started with this. Like, you know, God's called us to love people, and like to me, leadership is loving people. But the the kind of love that God's called us to have is that you know what He calls it, the agape love, right? So it's like an agape love is depends on the character of the leader, not mm-hmm. the actions of the lead. Yeah. Right. And so who who you are as a leader is what's going to determine how well you can love people, not their not their actions, and so. If you aren't mentally well, mentally stable, like the enemy is going to prevent you from loving people well, because, you know, that's, that's how it's designed. You know, the, the love that Jesus showed us when he died for us, it was based on his character, not on our actions. Right. In the same way, like the ability of a leader to lead is based on who they are. And so if they're not mentally well, then they can still lead, but it's not going to be as impactful as it could be, I guess. Mm. And then you, and then you look at the, the people that you are leading. If you don't have the, if you don't have the capacity or understanding to understand where they are in mental health, then it's going to totally like impact your ability to lead them. Right. If you don't, if you can't uh, love them well, because you don't understand them, then that's a, uh, it's going to, you can't build trust. You can't uh, give impact for effective feedback. Um, you really just can't function on a team. If you don't, if you don't understand those basics of like how they are mentally uh, mm-hmm. doing. I don't know if that sense at all yeah
1: i think that gives a big why for the leaders and the, the people who are being led and followers and i'm curious to know is there any any data or stats or things you're seeing that w- even gives a picture of where we are mental health as like a nation and people and what you're seeing around people you lead and developing leaders and yeah is there anything you would say like you know what i feel like these are just themes i see in people right now you know even even us are we still re- are we still recovering from covid are you seeing that yeah just curious yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it's interesting. I, I there's a bunch of different like schools of thought
2: on this, and I'm a I don't think we're any different than we've ever been as humanity when it comes to mental health. I think we've always had like, people, there are people who've always been depressed, there's people who've always been anxious. I mean, the Bible talks about anxiety. You know, it's it's been going on for a long, long time. I think what has changed is uh, we're peeling back the the stigma of it. it we're making it more um, socially acceptable to talk about it. Uh, which I think is huge. And COVID has really kind of, I think, escalated that because we've spent the almost two years now, right? in a lot of socially isolated, insecure in the sense of like, we don't really know what's going to happen. We we live in that world right now. And so that's really, that's exacerbated a bunch of people's mental health problems, uh, but also it's given us an opportunity to talk about it more. And so I think that we're seeing that over and over um, again with uh, with COVID. But I think this has been going on for a long time. I don't think this is anything new. I don't have any like hard stats, but yeah. I would say a hundred percent of
1: people have to deal with mental health. <laughs> that's,
0: that's the only stat no, I can give you. A, <laughs> yeah,
2: we're gonna.
1: <laughs> you guys can go Google that, look for it on Wikipedia or any other website you can find. It's true. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm around it a lot and, um, prone to it this past year was a really hard year for me and having to work at a higher capacity and deal with like fresh with well, more anger and frustration at life, more than feeling necessarily like anxious. There's probably that stress coming out through frustration and anger. But, and I see a lot of people on staff and in books chapters and colleges just say like, this is, like you said, it feels like the, the layers peeled back. It's in front of us. It's prevalent. And we really do have to navigate as leaders and people. What do we do with this? Can, can Jesus truly come in here and heal this space? Can we, what, what part is really? scientific and wired and biological, and how do we deal with that part versus how do, we do the spiritual part? And so Tyler, I don't know if you're able to speak more to the practical side of that, of how does a leader start even being aware of like, okay. Is my, am I mentally healthy or am I sliding into mental unhealth? and um, what are things I should be aware of? Tyler, what do you look for in people and how do you help them navigate wholeness and health for this? Just, yeah, I don't know if there's even a way to start that or, or things you look for.
2: Yeah. So I think a lot of it comes down to, um, from a clinical standpoint, I look for like functionality, like how, how functional are you? (laughs) Right. So is your, again, everyone's on the spectrum. So are you, where you are on the spectrum of mental health? Are you so angry all the time that you can't have normal conversations in your workplace, are you so depressed that you like have a hard time, getting out of the bed in the morning, going, doing the job you used to love to do? Are you so anxious that like you, you perseverate over things over and over and over again so that you don't ever get anything done. Like, so like, what are, how are these emotional responses to life impacting your ability to function as a leader or, or in your job? And so that's kind of like where I I would say it's like a good starting point. There's a lot of, you know, I, I think even people who are functioning fine probably would benefit from talking to people about life and like what's going on. But if you're looking for like, um, where I usually go from a clinical standpoint, that's, that's usually, is your mental health negatively impacting your life, your relationships with your family, your relationships with your coworkers, your relationships with your fraternity brothers, you know, uh, if you're in college right now. And if so, then like ask for help or talk to somebody about it because there's so much, there's so much that you can do. And we can talk about that, as, you know, too today, but there's a lot of options out there to deal with this. But I think the first step is like figuring out how to identify that you are struggling with it. And so those are some of the things I would look for is like those relational type uh, things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm ready. If you want to go into that, like, man, the steps That's step one, and then just, yeah, curious the things you'd point to or, or things you'd say, Hey, here's other steps or here's where I would say these are where you start reaching out. Cause I think our guys, a lot of guys know, or they feel the need to reach out, but they're either like crippled by the mental health issue of depression, anxiety, or they're, they don't know where to step first, or they're like, Hey, is this something I can deal with in the midst of brotherhood and community and in Christ through Bucks, or is this something I probably need like to deal with professionally? And I need some insight. So yeah, Tyler, you can definitely jump in there.
2: Yeah, so I think you know if if you're a college guy listening to this right now, I mean you're in a great place to start dealing with some of this because I mean that brotherhood unity that we have in Bucks is is great. You know our our verse a, a quarter three strands is not easily broken. I, that's physical strands and mental strands, right? So if you if you bring people on board with you to fight this fight together, like it, it strengthens your ability to address whatever mental health you're dealing with so I, I think the first step is is feeling like you're in a place where you belong and that you have purpose and so belonging is a huge part of where to start uh there's a cool study that uh they did at MIT that looked at like where our uh brain processes things and so our craving for social interaction or our craving for belonging um is in the same area of our brain as our craving for food so it's like a wow. it's like a yeah, it's like a deep down, we have to have it, you know? And then in the same way, our, the area of our brain that processes social exclusion, like if you feel like you don't belong is in the same part of your brain that processes pain, like physical pain. And so it's like, all of this is like the way God designed it to be right. So like we crave social interaction, we crave belonging. And so like, if you're in a a group of men who love Jesus and who love you, you're in a place that you can do some work. Right. And so you can start reaching out to your brothers and, and saying, Hey here's where I'm, here's where I'm struggling with this. I think that when we look at mental health, where we often overlook is that again, everyone is on that spectrum and everyone is dealing with it at some level. Mm -hmm. Um, and how we move along that is a result of of a couple of things. So when when you talk about treatment, you know, there's their biological treatment. So I can give you medicines that make your neurotransmitters act differently. And that's helpful. And that, and that definitely works. And for a time, Sometimes you need that in order to do the other things to re kind of re-network your body a little bit. And so medicine is a great thing. So that's the other thing people are like, oh, stick, I'm on, I'm, I'm on Zoloft or whatever it is. Like, it's fine. Just take the medicine until you can until you can come off of it like I was like hey, we're taking okay. we're taking <laughs> <You know? laughs> all, we're taking down all
1: stigmas it's okay and hey yeah absolutely
2: and then there's like you know, counsel again when we talk about biology like counseling is part of a biological process right so participating in counseling actually helps your body rewire those neural like networks and so it's it addresses the biology part of it but then there's just like the brotherhood right of life and like having like someone to hang out with someone who cares about you someone investing in you that that is super therapeutic when it comes to like mental health and then physical physical exercise like i mean running helps with anxiety and depression like it does like that's science It is proven um and so it's like those those disciplines that we that we talk about those physical disciplines financial discipline all those different things that we we know that are helpful and that we as leaders try to instill in the people that we lead and that we as leaders hopefully ourselves are doing all those disciplines help with your with your mental health and so being a college guy in a group of people that love them, this is a great time to start getting those disciplines down. You know, and so that's kind of when it comes to treatment. It's such a big. There's so much you could do, but I would say don't be afraid to ask for the meds. It's fine. They're not most most of us don't give meds for a long time. It's usually a temporary measure to kind of give you the other things you need to get back on track, and then to take advantage of the the people that are loving on you and let them and let them uh, love on you. That's that's huge.
1: Yeah, I think I'm um, I'm like. Jo gladly, gladfully. It's probably not a word joyfully surprised. Uh, I'm going to work on my English after this, we're gonna have an English teacher on another podcast. Um, It's fun to hear you, Tyler. I think one, your rootedness in Jesus and seeing it as a deeper spiritual thing, like innate primal way God designed us that this is rooted in that, but also to hear you just preach and stand by. Like there is some deep power with the community of people around you. And when you really offer yourself vulnerably in that community and you love them and they, and they you receive love back from them, like, man, there's some work that can be done on us. Like God can really use that in some more powerful ways than maybe like medicine and other, what maybe would society would push first, or maybe what some people would think this would be more powerful first, like you're saying, Hey, actually there's a lot of things at college guys, where you find yourselves in life or even people of all ages, where if you find yourself in a community, like that community, the spirit of God can use it to really heal and mend. And you can struggle beautifully in those places. And so, yeah, it just gives me some like hope and excitement for what that space can be and the, to put more into that and invest into that deeply and like ask God to move in those spaces.
2: Yeah. I, I would add one, I think one thing too, is, you know, like I, I talk about if you're struggling with mental health, being open to the people around you, the, the other side of that is if you're in a group of men right now, being open to helping someone with mental health, right? And so I think there's a a good principle I always talk about, your, you know, your sphere of influence and your sphere of concern. I don't know if you've ever heard this concept, but if your sphere of um, concern is bigger than your sphere of influence, it's going to cause you to stress. Cause you have Mm. all these concerns that you can't influence. Right. And so like you spend all this time perseverating on these concerns that you have no influence over. And by doing that, you actually take time away from the things you can influence. So if you have this sphere of, of men whose lives you can influence by investing in them and loving on them, if you waste your time, worried about things you can't control that you don't have any influence over, it's going to rob you of that opportunity to, to live in that sphere that you can influence. And so. I think one of the disciplines that I would say is make shrink your sphere of concern to fit inside your sphere of influence, uh, and don't let the things that you can't, you can't influence cause you too much concern. And so by doing so you'll open yourself up to be able to love on others
1: more effectively. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great, as the, maybe the Baptist would say, that's a good word, Dr. Tyler Rogers. Um, (laughs) Praise, praise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, Hey, all, all people welcome. We, We celebrate it. Now that's really, really great. Uh, Tyler, I also want to ask, is there any personal journey or story or moments of leadership that not, not too, like, you don't have to get too personal or share whatever confidential thing, but I'm just curious, any personal journey with this kind of stuff or there people you've led, um, uh, just, I feel like stories just show so much of, yeah, what we try to learn from these things.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you, I I'm, I'm a very blessed uh, person. I, I, I would go as far as to use the politically charged word of privileged. <laughs> um, I am privileged, man. I I've got two parents who are awesome, who love me, that are still married, that have supported me my whole life. I have a huge family. That's a support system. I've never had any like real significant, like trauma in my life. I had an awesome group of men around me in college that have stayed beside my side since then, you know? And so my mental health journey personally has actually been pretty, pretty great. Like I, I I'm on that spectrum, but I've, I've usually been within the bounds of like what we consider non pathological, mm-hmm. but where I, where I get really passionate about this is the experience I've had with, um, with, with patients and also just personal friends, I, I, in terms of a story, I think that the best story I can give you is, is the army. So, um. This is not a, uh, I think I probably should have started with this. These are all my personal opinions
1: and not, not, we will, <laughs> I don't like represent we, the army. We but. will put that in the, <laughs> we'll put that in the intro. Make sure Kacen hopefully has already said that at the beginning of this podcast and Tyler's just <laughs> yeah. repeating him right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I joined the army, uh, I was looking for opportunities to grow and, in leadership and someone to pay for my medical school. That was a dual, dual purpose oh, there, you know? Um, but what I found is, man, this is what the army is really good at. When we're good at kicking other people's butts, that's uh, that's a core um, <laughs> core thing that we have to be good at. The, the, the other thing that I think we're even better at is we take people out of really crappy situations and completely turn their life around. Mm. And it, and I saw that when I deployed, I was um, I work in a hospital usually, so I don't get a lot of time with uh, enlisted medics. But when I deployed, I was spending some time with my medics, and I hear their stories, and they came from these like awful social situations. Right. I mean like generations of poverty, generations of drug abuse, generations of domestic violence, getting beat up by their parent, you know, like all this crazy stuff. And the army took them out of that situation and the army gave them a purpose. The army gave them something to be proud of. And then the army gave them a sense of belonging and that changed their entire life and it changed their family's life for generations. Right. So for, from now on they've they broken all those cycles of awful things. And so, um, I get really pumped up about the Army because I, I get to do that. And and I was the doctor on the deployment, so I was the one they would always bring the people to when they were like, having a hard time with mental health. But yeah. hearing those stories and, and seeing how powerful um, the Army is as an organization, I think to myself, how much more powerful could the church be,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: If we found ways to yank people out of these awful situations and, and give them a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose and, and, and love them well, right? And so um, I think Bucks does that. I think I think a ton of guys come to college with a lot of baggage, and Bucks is a great place to drop some of that off. Um, but I think the Army has been the biggest the biggest example of 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 that, and I think that we can model that uh, a lot better uh, in our Christian circles and our churches. and um, And if you're a Christian leader, making your organization or your business or whatever it is uh, a place where that kind of life change can happen uh, is super awesome.
1: Yeah, I love. Kind of more of a moment to give to you Tyler, do you have any like fatherly or brotherly encouragement to maybe a college leader or guy who finds himself in some unhealth he's, he's trying or struggling or even failing and hurting just anything you would share from the spirit, the, the spirit, more spirit side of this, or yeah, any side of that you could give just a word of encouragement or what you would say is to them.
2: Yeah, I think the Bible's pretty uh pretty clear about it, right? Don't be anxious about anything but with prayer and petition, present your request before God and He's gonna take care of you. Um that's hard to do. Um I think my the the enemy really, really wins when we live through these situations in isolation. Um and so I think that um if you're in a situation right now where you feel mentally unwell, you feel like the enemy's attacking you spiritually, um any of those situations first with prayer and petition lay it before God. And then secondly, God's giving you this community of believers to, to support you. So talk about it, whether that's in your cell group, we still do cell groups, right? I, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In your cell, whether it's in your cell group or whether it's just with close friends in the fraternity, or, or even if it's not somebody that's in BYX, find somebody that you can talk to because bringing that, those struggles to light. Um, is the best way to defeat the enemy. And I think that Jesus works through relationships. Um, and when you bring that to light, it's, it's now you got a whole army fighting it, right. Instead of you trying to fight it by yourself. And so whatever, um, uh, situation you're in right now, just, just bring it to light.
1: That's great. And I'll even add on, I think the same vein message of cast your anxieties on God, cause he cares about you is I think in first Peter somewhere. And the idea that, Hey, you're just, I mean, don't forget you're cared for by a God who knows your depths and loves you still and walks with you and let that love be received by the men around you and your community. Like being known as a da- dangerously, incredibly beautiful space to live in and walk in the light and you'll have fellowship with one another is a promise. So yeah, anyone who's listening and there or knows people who are there, I think one, don't be scared to offer yourself to the Lord and community. And two, don't be scared to move towards those people who are hurting and just love them as a brother can and should, and don't be scared to point them to things that like Tyler, you were saying, um, if there's certain concerns or things you can't handle, then maybe outsource that or look for ways to point them to other resources. So yeah. Um, well Tyler, any, any other, I have a couple final questions, but anything I didn't capture from you to share on just mental health or health in general, or from yeah, just in this theme and vein of topics, I know we probably have another podcast with you on leadership and other things for military and other places, but while we're on this topic, any final thoughts you didn't get to share just yet?
2: I don't think I have really anything else to add other than just reemphasizing that this is a topic that's like way bigger than what we can cover. <laughs> and, you know, uh, in a, in a 45 minute podcast, but just whatever you're experiencing is, is your personal journey and it's your, your interaction with mental health and so. Um, no one gets to tell you what that's supposed to look like. Uh, and so whatever you're going through, just be open and honest about it and go to the people that you, that
1: love you and let them help you out. I love it. Well, let's, we'll jump onto a little bit of different questions. Tyler hit you with these buzzer beaters, um, big sports analogy guy. And so over time, uh, last second alley-oop. Yeah, that'll, that'll be it. That's all the last sports analogy I'll give. (laughs) (laughs) what um so number one what would you go back and tell your 20 year old college self
2: i think i'd tell my 20 year old college self to chill out a little uh i was like a little over the top uh trying to do everything uh and i missed i think in some ways a little bit of the joy of the journey Uh, i was too busy walking not paying attention to what was around me so I, i think that's something i would definitely counsel myself on um it's the friendships that you make, it's the time you spend with your buddies that you know, that that's you know, that's the stuff that makes memories and um I think I would also say though, you know, disciplines are really hard to make. Um when you're older and you got your kids running around. <laughs> like um and so start those start living a disciplined life, whatever that means for you. Um, now that's what I would probably tell my twenty year old self because I didn't. I didn't have a lot of uh um disciplines. And so learning those throughout, you know, while I was in medical school or while I was in residency working, you know, hundred hours a week, it's like hard, you know, to do that then. So, um, if you can get an early start on that, that'd be awesome.
1: I love it. What's one thing you would recommend Christian college men to start doing today? That can be anything that can be financial, that can be professional, spiritual, uh, physical, any, any, or you could even, I'll even give you if you need to, if you need it, but well, good. Cause I have two things. So it's funny. It's, it's like you read my, I, I have a little note written down and it's like,
2: I literally have financial, physical and spiritual.
0: <laughs> and
2: so you're going to get all <laughs> yeah, that perfect. So, uh, you know, when it comes to like discipline disciplines, I'd say college men right now, uh, financial discipline is huge. Um, invest something right now. Uh, compound interest is a real thing and financial literacy is important. And you know, we're like doctor doctors are like um financial people's dream because we like make money but we have no idea what to
0: do with it
2: (laughs) and so like you know they're always like hey can let me help you invest your money or like whatever so whatever you're going to go into if it's if you're going into medicine if you're going into business you know whatever your personal financial literacy is important and so start learning that stuff now and, and start investing that now and invest in your physical and spiritual health again those disciplines of you know spending time working on your physical body, you know, a certain amount of time a week, whatever that is, whatever it looks like for you, spending time on the word, you know, seeing what God can teach you, you know, every single day and, and what that looks like. Um, and then the second, that was just one thing. The second thing um, I would say uh, start doing right now is find someone who is totally different than you, whether that's different race, uh, different worldview uh, and be there, get to know them. Um, and challenge each other, uh, and get a, get a friend, get a friend that will tell you when you're being an idiot, <laughs> um, or get a friend who's just totally different than you. So you can learn, um, what it looks like to live in someone else's, uh, world. Cause if you just surround yourself with people who are just like you, um, you're going to miss out on some beautiful, uh, opportunities to grow in your relationship with Christ, uh, as, all, and also, um, you're gonna miss out on opportunities to learn how to love people well. And so if you want to be a leader in the future you gotta learn how to love people who are the same as you, but you also gotta learn how to love people who are like completely different because you're going to get all kinds of people in your life.
1: Yeah. All right. This is probably the last one. What, um, what's one thing you want to reemphasize or new thing you want to introduce around just leadership? Just one final word on leadership. Um, so I'll, I'll do two quick
2: words. Uh, uh, first read radical candor. Uh, I think that's the best book on leadership that I've read ever. Um, I'll just leave it there. Read read about Uncle Kinder by Kim Scott uh, if you haven't read that yet. It's awesome. Uh, and then the second, I, I think that when we talk about rethinking leadership, uh, start rethinking how we look at power uh, in the people that you lead. And so this could be a whole other podcast, but um, power is different than it used to be. You used to power was like a currency that you know people at the top kind of exchanged. Okay, here's here's some power. I'll take some power, but uh, it has it's not like that anymore. Now it's like a current that like flows through. And so like, you know, the lowest person in your organization, it has power uh, because of who they are as a person and what they bring to the table. And so if you don't, if you don't figure out how to leverage that power, like a current, uh, then you're going to miss out on all of the things that your organization um, can, can learn from because of it. So uh, just think
1: about how to leverage power and uh, what that is looking like as we kind of change. I love it, man. That's, that's enough of a, like teaser trailer for a second podcast <laughs> right, right. for sure. Um, so that's great. It sounds like there's even a couple of resources that you just threw in there for guys, if they have more resources, we'll put them in the show notes and Tyler will, we'll put him in there, maybe his email or something where you, guys need to reach out, uh, they can do that. We'll protect, maybe protect your phone number for now. Uh, that's, you can give that as needed, but, um, Tyler, seriously, thanks a ton for joining the Core Leadership Podcast, for sharing your life, for sharing your leadership, uh, man, allowing Jesus to work through you in so many different spheres of influence and having just a huge impact on so many worlds. Um, it's it's really great. It's been It's fun getting to know you through this, and I'm excited for a second one in the near future, ideally. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me and uh, giving me an opportunity to talk about it. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. That is Tyler Rod, Doctor Tyler Rogers. I'm sorry, and uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Core Leadership Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Adiós.
0: Hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Core Leadership Podcast. I want to take this last moment, as always, to talk about Bucks and who we are. We are a lifelong brotherhood of committed Christian men seeking the bonds of brotherhood and unity in Christ through the avenue of a social fraternity on a college campus. Our founding verse is Psalm 133.1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. To find out more about Bucks, information on joining, founding a chapter on your campus, or donate, go to byx.org. Keep up with us on social media at Beta Upsilon Chi on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Once more, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again in two weeks.